Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be joined by Ryan Cote, the Director of Digital Marketing at Ballantyne, a family-owned and operated print and digital marketing company. Ryan, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, Seth. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. Our pleasure. So let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get started? Well, it's, you know, Ballantyne's a family business. Um, so I was working at the company during college breaks. Um and went to school for marketing. And uh, I actually didn't get into the family business right, right out of college. I had a couple of jobs in marketing, um, but eventually, I think it was 2003, I joined the business. And uh, yeah, fast forward to today, like you said, I'm, uh, I run the digital division. I'm also uh, partners in the agency with my two brothers and my uncle, and uh, we're having a lot of fun. All right. So the longer version of that should probably be in a book somewhere or on a podcast like yours, if it isn't already. So tell us a little bit about Ballantyne. Who is an ideal client for you? Well, so we have two divisions. We have the direct mail division and we have the digital division. So it's two different answers. On the direct mail division, we work with companies that do a lot of direct mail. We're essentially a production company for them. We just print and mail it for them. Um, don't really get involved with strategy or anything like that. It's really just get this printed and uh, get it printed well and on time. And so for that, for that division, it's uh, large companies, um, companies that do a lot of mail, work with a lot of nonprofits, travel, healthcare. Um, on the digital side, we work with more, like, more small businesses. So manufacturers, industrial companies, like very heavy into B2B, um, some contractors, automotive, but the real, if you had to say like pick two, it would be the contractors and the, the manufacturers. That's, and actually software, SaaS, software as a service. Um, those are the main areas that we play in. Um, and for them, we're doing all digital for them. So we usually help them with all different channels, you know, LinkedIn, SEO, Google ads, um, content creation. It's more of like this integrated package that we kind of plug right into their business because they typically don't have a marketing person or maybe they have one person, Seth, and that person can only do so much. So that makes a lot of sense. What are some of the biggest challenges you're helping those businesses overcome? It's really, you know, so if I look at the manufacturers, you know, they're getting more sophisticated with their marketing, but they never used to have to market. Um, it was more of like an outbound sales type strategy. They weren't thinking about getting leads online. So for them, it's just really a lot of the companies we work with, and because they're on the smaller side too, they don't have any any type of lead generation plan at all. 
they've got this website that's usually outdated um, and they just don't know anything about this world. And so, um, and that can be a challenge. Like when you work with someone that doesn't really fully get, you know, what you're doing and they haven't had to think about it. Um, but yeah, the problem we help them solve is just turning their website into a lead generator. And what are, we don't want you to give any way that, away any of the secret sauce. What are some of the way, what are the reasons why their website isn't doing that now? And what are some of the ways you're helping them change that? Yeah, so typically their site is really just a brochure site. It really it lacks call to actions. It's not being advertised. It's really just a, a place where the sales team can just point people to to, to learn more. Um, and so what we do is we put an actual program in place. So we're optimizing it for Google. We're actually running ads on Google, driving targeted traffic to their site. We're creating content for them, which you know is repurposed in many ways. We're getting them more, uh, more visible on LinkedIn. And so really we're usually starting with a clean slate. So they have this site that's just a brochure that they point people to. And then we, you know, put all this activity around it. And I'm not saying it's like an instant switch, like it, all of a sudden they're flourishing, but uh, it's night and day because they're going from like nothing to a lot of activity. So it's fun. Absolutely. We, I, obviously you have shoeboxes full of testimonials. Can you give us an example of one of those that hired us and kind of what they were coming to you for, what their problem was, and then kind of the magical transformation and results you guys engineered? Because you've got some amazing case studies. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate that, Seth. Um, yeah, the one that comes to mind immediately when you asked that was this company that manufactures iron doors, and act, there's actually a case study on their site for, for, for this, this story. Basically, to give you like the condensed version, the owner, Barry, bought the business from another guy, and it was just he was buying the business, and he was buying this website that really was just like, like the brochure website that we talked about before. And uh, we met him at a trade show, actually, and he was like, how do I advertise this thing? I don't know what to do. And so we put him through our whole program. In his case, it was less LinkedIn. It was more Facebook, but SEO, Google Ads, Facebook, content, everything, email, and um you know, and I'm not saying it's only us. He, he, you know, it was our efforts combined with the fact that he had a very popular product at a very good price. So you put all of that together, like the irresistible offer and the marketing, and uh, yeah, his his leads 10x. He was he, he's now I think is he's opening his third location or fourth location. I can't remember, but um, that's been a really really huge success story for us. That is that is amazing results. What are some of the ways that your business has helped others pivot kind of in the age of COVID? Um, yeah, so bringing some clients on, selling their, selling their products online. So tur turning the brochure site into an e-commerce site so they can sell more online and then running them through Google Shopping and, and just different platforms like that. Um, I think really, I mean, when the whole pandemic happened, we were working with clients the best we can, even doing free work if we had to, just to get them through that transition. But I think for us, it was really just like, you don't want to stop marketing now. Um, you know, you need to keep the activity going and let's, you know, maybe it's a scaled back version, but you don't want to completely stop because then you're, you're just going to kill yourself like six months in the future. So it was really just working with them to keep the activity going, you know, at a pace and a, at a, at a budget they, that they can afford. And then eventually ramp back up. And now we're full speed ahead at this point. What have been, uh, have you guys had to deal with uh, Facebook Armageddon, the iOS update? 
How has all of that kind of affected what you're doing? Yeah, I'll be honest. We don't do a lot with Facebook ads. Um, so it really hasn't, uh, if we, we've, you know, we've actually backed away a lot from social media and I can go down a whole rabbit hole with that. But, um, you know, really the way we use social media, right or wrong, it's just our, the way we do it is we, we put a big focus on creating content and then we use LinkedIn primarily just because of the clients we work with and sometimes Facebook to promote that content. So we, we create the content, we optimize it for Google search. So eventually Google will rank the content very well. Um, and then the, the sales team can share the content, but then we put it on LinkedIn usually and then run ads. So while we're waiting for Google to catch up and see it and index it and rank it, we're forcing it into the news feeds of their buyers, of their target audience, just to get that more immediate traffic. So that's how we use social media. Um, we're not out there you know, posting five, six, seven times a week. It's really just using social to promote the content that we create. That sounds like a very productive and profitable and smart strategy. What has been, I mean, you guys have achieved so much success over the years. What's your biggest challenge now? Our biggest challenge, I'll be honest, is so as we work with more manufacturing industrial companies, because that's honestly what we, it's amazing. Once we started working more with these types of companies, it's crazy how many of these businesses out there exist you never knew about. They make this little piece, this little widget that goes in an elevator or this or that. And it's just crazy uh, you know, what we've seen and the types of clients that we work with. Um, so as we work with those types of clients more and more, I'll be honest, the content creation has been a challenge because how do you write really technical content about rotary shaft seals or whatever, if you don't really, if you're not an engineer. And so we are making improvements and actually we're, as, we, as we're recording this, we're looking at more improvements. So I feel like we're getting there, but it's still a challenge. Um, it just requires more effort on the client side that I would, that I would like, because I don't like that friction. I want, I want it to be as hands-off for them as possible. And I feel like we're getting close. I resemble that remark. It's almost like you learn a new language every time it, it, with each client. I remember working with an e-commerce manufacturer of high-performance aftermarket car brake parts. <laughs> and we had no clue what a Crossfield Big Bite rotor was until we had to learn enough to be able to write for it. So... How do you how do you juggle that? How do you do? You, do you guys focus on a specific niche? It sounds like you're pretty broad. I mean, obviously, we have a large presence, for example, in financial services. It's half our client base, and we know that industry inside and out because it's where I started. So, how do you guys deal with that? You're right, Seth. It is pretty broad. Like manufacturing, industrial. That's that's very very broad. It's like saying you work with contractors. Well, what kind of contractors? Electrical, home improvement. So. The way that we've, the way that we're dealing with it is, um, we pivoted to a transcription strategy where we'll interview the client for ten minutes, transcribe the article. Tra I'm sorry, transcribe the conversation, and then turn that into a blog post. It's pretty good, um, but not good enough. And so now what we're looking at is we don't have the, our writers in house. We have a content team in house, but they're more for like editing and publishing it and strategy. Um, we work with outside writers. And honestly, right now we're interviewing two new writing teams that are more technically savvy. Like they, they write more for industrial type companies. So I, I'm very confident. I don't have the answer yet because we're not fully, we haven't fully vetted them yet, but I'm very confident that the combination of our transcription strategy with a writing team that's more industrial focused is going to be the answer. So fingers crossed. All right. We'll keep our fingers crossed for you. Your passion's <laughs> obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? Um, 
Yeah, I the variety. You know, the variety. You know, client service work is not easy. But when you when you make sure that you onboard the right clients that that want to collaborate with you, it makes it a lot better. Um, but I like the variety, um, especially in the pandemic days. Now I, we work from home, um, so my days are you know even more varied and just a lot of fun. You know, every day is a little bit different. And uh, you know, obviously, it's fun helping clients and seeing helping them see wins and helping them grow their business, of course. Um, but the variety, I think, is really really uh, uh, special too. I know that you are, in addition to all of that learning that you've got to do on a regular basis for work, I know you're a voracious consumer of content. What are some of your favorite books that have influenced your career? Yeah, so I'm really big into like personal development. Um, I'm actually reading my first fiction book as a part of a book club that we're doing at Valentine, and it's the Dean Koontz book. It's fiction. It's the first fiction book I've read in, um, I can't even, it's so much, I, I really, I forgot how much I miss those fiction kind of turn your brain off books. Um, but to answer your question, um, I would say the compound effect is probably the one that, you know, obviously how to win friends and influence people. That's a classic. I'm sure everyone says that, but, um, but yeah, the compound effect, I think it, for me, it was a sort of like a mindset shift about like, you don't always have to be swinging for the fences. You can make small, steady improvements every day and then look back for the last three months and you're, you, you know, you, you'll realize you've made a lot of progress. So for me, that was a mindset shift that, that I've applied to a lot of areas in my, in my life, not just business. Yes, I find I am a personal development junkie as well, for lack of a better term. I find in, in business and marketing books, I find like every two weeks I've got to read a novel just to take a break from the constant improvement. That's just my own personal practice. Tell us about your podcast. Yeah, so I have a podcast called Morning Upgrade. It's a 15-minute conversations around personal development, uh, entrepreneurship, and just personal growth. Um, I like to ask questions about like what their morning routine looks like, um, what their habits are. And I, I, you know, because I'm so into entrepreneurship, I usually have business owners on, not all the time, but usually. And so I like to ask about their struggles and their work and or how they grow their business. So it's it's really it's a quick you know 15-minute. So I don't get it's not like I don't get to ask them a lot, but I try to make each episode as uh, impactful as possible where the people listening, you know, walk away with one or two nuggets that they can apply. Awesome. Well, for our folks watching and listening, where are the best places for them to go to learn more about you, the podcast, obviously, and Valentine? Yeah, thanks, Seth. And thanks for having me on. I appreciate, appreciate it. It was great talking with you. So uh, for Valentine, it's uh, easy. It's valentine.com. And uh, for the podcast, which is actually a blog too, it's a, it's a whole community I'm trying to build. It's called Morning Upgrade, um, morningupgrade.com. All right. This has been Seth Green with Ryan Cote of valentine.com and Morning Upgrade. Ryan, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Seth. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We will see you or talk to you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. 
To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.